0: Fellow knowledge seekers, I hope you've had a chance to check out the Waterline podcast on iTunes and your Android app. And if you checked it out, please give it a good rating. It's a wonderful podcast. Water is one of the biggest driving forces of life on Earth. It's been Incredibly influential in human history, from the time we were hunter gatherers looking for fresh sources of water, to the uh, uh, agricultural revolution and building bigger and bigger cities. Eventually, having plumbing, uh, the way that it changed sanitation, uh, irrigation, and what is the what's the future? Of water. Are we going to have enough of this stuff? How can we make more clean, fresh water? I just listened to a very interesting episode Alchemy, Turning Milk into Water, Sustainable Water Management. And this episode is all about this very candid conversation about water, coffee, industrial practices, sustainable value chain, and social responsibilities with uh, this man, Carlos uh, Gali, who Uh, whose job it is to make sure that the biggest food and beverage company in the world is leading a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. Incredibly important stuff. You guys are into science. You guys are into learning, caring about the world, caring about our future. This podcast is for you. Check out the Waterline podcast on iTunes and your Android app. Well we did it everybody, I finished the tour. 111 stops, finished in Asheville to a sold out crowd, did a good trip and did a little preview for one of my shows that I'm working on, my DMT talk. Um, I actually just tonight, I just got back from this nerd night in Denver. I gave a talk about how we are allergic to life. Uh, I have a few different shows that I'm working on at the moment Um, but I'm taking a little bit of time off not nearly as much as I thought I'm taking a little time off to one reset the system I uh, people thought when I was doing 40 or 50 city tour they thought I was insane ended up being way more than that it was insane but it was great made a lot of new connections I know what cities that I can go back to for with uh, psychedelic inspired shows I know what venues will work well for things moving forward and and which won't I'm I'm going to be I'm kind of pushing the envelope 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 a little bit uh, taking things to the next level um, the special is kind of the bottleneck right now I've hoping to record that end of september hopefully they'll be out at the end of the year so that i can do follow-up things Um, with that once people can see that and and uh, then we can go a little deeper i'm doing a canada tour end of august uh, into september and i'm going to be workshopping a little bit of this dmt talk and i have some uh, dramatic and exciting changes to it i've met a whole bunch of different people in the psychedelic communities including some truly Brilliant artists, and I actually am working with someone right now who has made uh who does way more d m t than i um than I am able to and he has uh and he's a genius brilliant artist, and I have a few people um that I'm working with on this to make animation based on DMT trips that are like, when people see this, you won't believe it. It's real good. And I actually just started if, uh, for the people in the Asheville show, and a couple of the, uh, the last shows I started, um, I started demoing um, some VR DMT trips, actually capturing the visual aspects of DMT in a virtual reality space and I'm trying to put together DMT shows where um, we'll have a bunch of cardboard VR things and people will be able to, uh, we're going to create VR experiences based on my experiences that I'll talk about and dissect in my act and people will be able to put VR on and experience the visually what uh what i got to experience um or at least as close of a representation as we can uh i'm hoping to do some pretty big things with that um and i'm actually hoping to start workshopping it in uh about a month early august and so That's going to be very exciting. Um, I, in fact, I have, uh, I have someone with a box truck and a mobile kind of comedy club set up with stage and speakers and and um, a projector that'll project everything on a box truck, and so we can be outdoors and do this show. And I'm hoping to integrate it with some um, a little get uh, psychedelic inspired artists and music to do live paintings and a little bit of music and and i'll try to break down dmt for everybody and i'm hoping it will be like a chill kind of camp out experience which i think would be amazing and so um if anyone uh has leads on any spaces um private land or Um, cool outdoor areas where we can do this around the Oregon Washington area please please email me you can always go to the here we are podcast.com website click on ask a scientist and for this particular thing um, if you have venues in mind really anywhere in the so there's like this place in Wisconsin that I, I know about where they have like weddings at and they put together little events here and there and they have like a huge barn set up which would be great if, in case there's weather problems and they all, already kind of have all the equipment set up but just like an awesome kind of camp out chill place where everyone can kind of get to know one another a little bit and have it be a little more of an experience is what i'm going for but i'm also going to take it into music indie venues um as well so so if you have areas um in mind or you have some private land or something like that, and uh, you want to find out more or help out or point me in the right direction, you can always just go to shanemoss.com and go to the contact page and um, and go to the email on there as well, or through the Here We Are podcast, um, .com website and that is going to be real exciting. I have been, this is one of those things when I kind of tell you guys I I can't share totally all of the ideas that I have for some of the stuff moving forward until I've kind of worked out some of the kinks and workshopped things um, and tried out enough material and tested it uh, and made sure that it's kind of ready and actually going to happen. This is gonna happen and that's pretty awesome uh, and we're also going to finish a psychedelic documentary um, that's coming along real nicely i think you guys are going to be really interested and i have some projects more related to um aspects of science outside of the psychedelic fields too that i'm pursuing i have a lot of things going on but but those are the main things that are going to keep me preoccupied for the next three months doing Canadian tour, getting the, getting the, um, the, uh, show recorded for a special that will be for your viewing pleasure on a platform that, uh, we are unsure of yet, figuring out which one will be the best and, uh, and which one is interested. And also, um, DMT talk with a live component, VR visual dmt trip there was skeptical people i've i've shown this i've been going around showing this yeah i just showed it to like this shaman that has done more ayahuasca and dmt than all of us listening to this right now combined and um she was blown away and this is so this is something real spectacular so anything you can do to help would be terrific including um, helping out on Patreon um, because putting this together is a <laughs> massive, massive undertaking. It's going to happen uh, with or without your help. I'll pull it off, but a little bit of help would go a long ways, And yeah i'm i'm just excited i feel great right now i feel the best i've felt in a while sometimes i finish these tours and they are uh i'm like no what am i going to do but i've already kind of been past that process and i'm i'm moving forward and so we have a special episode for you today regarding um psychedelics and some potential other things that i'm working on with getting involved more in the community and getting more intimate um, experiences lined up for you guys and collaborating with different people and so i'm super pumped about it i hope you are as well i believe this is important stuff and this isn't just about like taking drugs to be cool although it sometimes can be cool to take drugs That's not (laughs) forget once in a while once in a while it can be real cool but this is for me i do psychedelics most sometimes i go to a music concert and i have a hell of an awesome time but the majority of the time that i do them it's for healing it's for inspiration it's for creating actual change this is something that is deeply meaningful for me i think this is I talk with scientists all the time, as you guys know, and I'm moving in the direction toward what I think is some of the most exciting work out there, and it's what you guys are interested in. If people, I did an album called My Big Break was my, my last album, um, and I love it. It's great material. If you haven't heard it, go to Spotify, and it's free. But um, the reason I bring it up is because uh, if, if everyone was like, oh, man, I want to hear more about the evolutionary function of negative emotions and why we dwell on negative memories more than positive ones and, uh, and I, go around and shoot a documentary, please, about interviewing scientists about this stuff and, and test it on yourself and make yourself a guinea pig. Um, I would be doing that. Um, you know, I'm I'm doing whatever I can to get uh, you guys involved. And fortunately, one of my big passions, psychedelics, is many of yours as well, or at least something that you guys find to be an interesting curiosity. And so once again, thank you for all the support, spreading the word, coming out, seeing me on tour. You guys are so awesome. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. I think this is pretty cool opportunity for a lot of us. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why
1: are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we
0: are. Welcome to the Here We Are podcast, everybody. We have a very special, 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 special episode. I say that all the time. I <laughs> guess I just like think my. Uh, I I guess I just really think my podcast is very, very special. Uh, it seems everyone. that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a thing. Here we have uh, a fan of the show, a, a long-time listener, first-time guester, um, and this is real cool, we are going to be talking about some amazing future potential things that might be happening in uh, expanding the psychedelic world, in expanding maybe some of our uh, psychedelic freedoms and ways in which we can do things legally in the future. I am, uh, as I already Have I mentioned this on the... Yes, I did. I mentioned this on the podcast. So I'm going in November to do this retreat with... uh, Eric Osborne is joining me. Hello, Eric. How are you? We're good friends now. Um, We have been kind of working together, uh, and I feel very just privileged that I am getting to be included in this amazing thing that you're doing Um, which is you have a psilocybin retreat in Jamaica where psilocybin mushrooms are legal. Can you talk just a little bit about, um, let's start with this. Specifically, let's just get the plugs in right away because I think this is going to be What's exciting to me about this is this is a way for uh, a lot of people listen to this program all the time, and then and then sometimes people are like, hey, you're a reasonable guy who's into science, and you've turned me on to psychedelics, which isn't really my intention. I don't know. I don't know where, what my intentions are exactly. I just try to follow the things that I think are interesting and talk about the things that I think are important, and for me, I'm probably biased as hell, but for me uh psilocybin mushrooms have been absolutely life-changing from a very early age i do not think they are necessarily for everybody especially in the way in which they are done which is you don't know what you're doing you're gobbling a bunch of so you don't know how much to take and you're going to see some music festival or something like that and and no one's telling you what to expect or anything like that you are doing something incredibly special. And this is something that I think opens the door for me feeling more comfortable saying, you know what, this is something that lots and lots of people should be checking out because this is a professional setting. So talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing in November, um, ta- uh, that specific retreat, and then we'll get into kind of your background and what you do. But let's just tease the people. Let's let's just get them uh, interested because there's, what, 17 available mm-hmm. spots for this? Right. To join me and my girlfriend and who's the... Uh, Catherine from, McLean. Mm-hmm. From Johns Hopkins. Right. Well,
1: she's no longer with Johns Hopkins, but she was part of the... Uh, Early studies with John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins, uh, in sil 7, end of life um, therapy and personality change. Um, so, yeah, it's it's super exciting. Uh, this is not our typical retreat, but it's something that we want to do more regularly. Is have um, entertainers and researchers who can kind of provide. The guests with the spectrum of the experience. Uh, you know, psilocybin and other psychedelics can be very entertaining, as you know, and you sure. can they through your uh, comedy, but they are also exceedingly therapeutic, which is, you know, our primary focus. Uh, so we are, yeah, bringing you down and Catherine down, and we're going to do kind of a mini conference, um, private retreat entertainment session, and you're going to present your. Uh, good trip and DMT talk and Catherine is going to present her research and do a Q and A Q&A with the guests and then we'll have four psilocybin sessions uh included as well. So this is a is it ten days? It no. is ten
0: days. Really? Yes. Oh my goodness gracious! Because you look at this and like just speaking on behalf of poor people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I, I say that, like, you know, it's seemingly kind of an expensive thing if you're just like, how much is it? Because, because, mm-hmm. what are, do you off the top of your head? Do you know the range?
1: Uh, the low end is like twenty two hundred, and top of the top is like forty three. I mean, that's if you want your own private room that's looking out over this. yeah yeah. Ocean so let's let's, and... say,
0: let's explain this. Mm-hmm. So we all go down to this resort, mm-hmm. right? And so this included in this package. You're getting all of your food and all of... You're getting my performance, which I'm starting to think I should space out over the course of, like...
1: Right. ...several yeah. mm-hmm.
0: times. Okay. Maybe, you know, maybe doing, like, a half hour or something. I don't know. We can kind of feel mm-hmm. it out a, We've
1: got a lot packed into this week. We've got a DJ that's going to come in and do a dance party for us yeah. one night. Um, we've got the... Four psilocybin sessions. We've got your two presentations, or broken down, we've got Catherine's two presentations, uh, and then we've got all the integration and preparation work. So it, it's going to be a packed 10 days for sure. And then various tours around the island that are, you know, kind of some sightseeing fun stuff to do. Now, the, the tours and all that, that's not included, that's extra. But uh, yeah, basically the package includes two meals a day, ground travel, lodging, um, a massage session, and all of the psilocybin sessions and the presentations that you and Catherine will be doing. Uh four mushroom trips
0: in ten days. Yeah. If people are if you're up to it. Up to it. And they can skip it if you want totally. to.
1: Totally. it's rare though. It's it's kinda of funny to me that people rarely skip an experience. Most of the people come that come down, um they you know, they say this is why they're there. And it's uh you know it's a lot of it's a lot of work. People are really going in deep and working heavy but they're getting a lot done and they know that this is going to be the last chance generally to do this for you know however long i mean when i tell people
0: some, i mean sometimes i sound like very reasonable because i'm like oh i haven't done mushrooms in like six months or whatever and they're like oh so okay you you." but then i have times when i'm in a transitional period i've been sharing with my audience someone like the stuff that i've been going through just on a transitional uh, wrapping up this tour i just did uh, we're now talking in in my uh, uh what, what what is this thing Luxury what is it studio. It? <laughs> yeah yeah uh, 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 uh. Airstream yeah. that I Airbnb'd. We got a I wanted toilet to see if I was sink. like, I was like, could I handle living in an Airstream? And so I Airbnb'd one, and uh, it's not bad. Like, I don't need much. I'm a minimalist. I mean, you've got it's a toilet a little... and a sink and
1: a refrigerator and a stove. I need a little a more bed.
0: storage space than this. But, yeah. Uh, if
1: you have anything besides my backpack, yeah, you might want yeah. uh, a closet somewhere.
0: If you have... <laughs> more than a backpack you might not want an airstream if you have any kind of a pet or uh, like multiple hats and pairs of shoes you might not want an airstream It's kind of fun. I've been enjoying it, but definitely, it's like I would need another trailer attached to this trailer yeah. to like lug yeah. a little bit of stuff around. Yeah. but but um, I <laughs> if I uh, it so you, you go down, you do this thing. Oh man, I have such a good editor who's gonna clean up all of this. <laughs> that's, that's human and Han handy. Yeah. Um. So. I tell people that I'm like, sometimes when I'm in these transitional periods, I'm doing mushrooms like every three days for like a month or or two. Like I'll tell people I've done mushrooms 10 times this month. That mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often. But right. once a year, there is a month where I'm doing mushrooms 10 times in a month. And people are like, that is crazy. And maybe it is. But um, I think that especially in something like what you're providing it's just when you this is all about setting setting intentions and having the in taking integration seriously if you do all that if you have the safe container if you are in an environment when you can feel comfortable and especially the, like you probably start on the first day doing like a smaller dose mm, right you know, to get people, right. people used to it so when you do that, then people feel a little more comfortable, then people feel a little more confident and then so then they're able to like when when you feel like you're not going to go crazy, you get to go crazier. And that's kind of like what it's about in a way. I mean, I don't I don't know. It, it, putting all this stuff into words and what is the right way and what's going to work for everybody is is different. But this is an intensive 10-day mushroom workshop and that is as someone who has been in love with mushrooms for 21 years i never thought i'd be taking part in something like this and uh thank you for including me and this is a privilege and and you've kind of reached out to me mm-hmm. by the way people reach out to me all the time i'm like so first i'm always a little standoffish because i'm of like, course hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. i don't know um But I have been convinced I have been converted to the Myco Meditations cult. (laughs) Easy, easy. uh, (laughs) um, Because you really, really know your stuff. How did you get
1: into mushrooms? Wow. Um, Yeah, people ask me that frequently, and I still, I don't know, I think I was born into it. Um, I heard a recording of me. That was some real hippie shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I heard a recording of me a few years back at five years old talking about mushrooms. Yeah. Really? uh, I know. I know. Yeah. And I heard it. I was like, what the fuck is this for real? (laughs) And it was me. Um, but yeah, around age 20, I took psilocybin and it drastically altered my visual arts. Uh, um, I paint, um, occasionally not as much as I used to. Um, but when I first dosed on psilocybin, I got out my paints, and it completely changed my style. Um, and then from there, I wondered, like, really, like, what is this stuff? This is, this is inexplicable. It's so profound, and, and what are the implications? And that really led me to look into other mushrooms, just, you know, the, the kingdom of fungi overall. And I found out how, um, just how amazing the they are. The Kingdom of Fungi would be such a good band name. <laughs> um, gone. Yeah, I'm not a musician, so that's not my rap, but, uh, yeah, I just, and then, like, I don't know, a few years later, after I just kind of started taking interest in it, uh, as far as wild mushrooms go, I, uh... And, and this was just from an observatory standpoint, just looking at mushrooms and finding them beautiful. I was outside one morning after smoking a joint, and I saw the squirrels eating mushrooms and thought, I bet there are a lot of mushrooms that we can eat. And so I started looking into it, found out that the mushrooms that the squirrels were eating were actually edible. Um, Myrasmus oriades, the uh, fairing mushrooms, uh, that led me to identifying other mushrooms. And then kind of being the science nerd that I am, I started trying to cultivate mushrooms you like you can clone mushrooms on petri dishes and it just really satisfies that nerd in me uh and just started just devouring all the literature i could around uh, gourmet and medicinal mushrooms uh tried cultivating a few and it was only after that that psilocybin really became a prevalent part of my life and i was uh, clandestinely growing mushrooms in my home without my wife's knowledge and dosing on mushrooms pretty regularly. Uh, and then, then, you know, year your after, ex-wife. Ex-wife, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and just kept kept consuming mushrooms, I guess, within the next 10 years. After realizing the profound impact that they had had on my behavior, I uh, started working with individuals you know, for personality change and trying to just positively augment lifestyle. Uh, And then, you know, at that time I was going to Jamaica as a tourist. I've just always been in love with the culture and the language. Thought to myself, there's got to be some way to provide these psilocybin experiences to people in a legal context and realized, oh, wait, mushrooms are legal in Jamaica. So just kind of, it all just kind of came together, you know.
0: I mean it's funny as you talk about like fulfilling this science nerd in you. I mean I remember as a kid I think didn't everyone want like a little chemistry kid mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. and and uh, and then you get it and then if you're me you like do a few things and then you're like I'm I'm bored with this. But had it been something and, and then other people go this is my calling and then they become a chemist but had it been like instead of like you mix this and this and these two chemicals turn blue instead you're your you have like a little uh kit and then at the end you get to eat it <laughs> and then everything in the world turns all different colors not just the little thing practical in, science in the yes. vial.
1: <laughs> applied sciences um so,
0: so now you have, I mean, you don't just do psilocybin retreats and, and work with psilocybin mushrooms. You also, you are exceptionally knowledgeable about like gourmet mushrooms. You, you, you know, you're kind of a self-educated mycologist. Um, and you know, I have spent enough time with you to be like, if you, if you just walk around the world with Eric, like he can't stop himself all he he just like stops and has to like look at some weird little plant and like go on a whole rant about what this plant is and he can like he can so there there's this uh there there's this idea um you know uh, listeners right now think of the word blue um right and so there's so much in your environment that is not blue the majority of your environment isn't blue or now change it to orange and concentrate on the word orange and what will happen is whatever is orange or whatever is blue or whatever you're concentrating on that will start popping out to you you will pay more attention to that because you're looking for it and when you hang out with eric he can be like 50 yards that way there is this (laughs) tiny little (laughs) mushroom um we uh we um uh, i have to be careful about a few things um but anyway uh but you are just incredibly knowledgeable about mushrooms in general so so you actually work with people doing like making organic gourmet mushrooms that that you eat Mm -hmm. like uh, what what are you into? You, you
1: a little portabella? Uh, you... No, I don't really mess with the um, the dung dwellers. Um, portabella's. <laughs> You're <laughs> such a snob. <laughs> I am a shri- shrimp snob. A bit of a shroom snob. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, I guess in the wild, I'll I'll pick wild portabellas. Um, yeah. Just because they're wild and it's just Dude, kind, kind of. portabellas. Come it's, on it's cool. now. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, they're okay. I'm not. I'm not knocking them. But uh, well, I am I'm kind of grill. knocking them. I'm kind of knocking them. Uh, there there are just so many better mushrooms. You know, where you used... what, what what should I be eating instead of portobellos? Oh what man. You for me. Well, you're asking me so many questions at one time. Right, um, on. what should you eat Ask besides portobellos? Well, I mean, you know, some of my my favorite mushrooms are the lion's mane. Um, really big shiitake like the shiitake you get in grocery stores are not what are available to growers and people who know uh, the mushrooms, those are kind of like the bottom end of the shiitake barrel, um, but some big, meaty shiitake that are, you know, you can, as a cultivator, you can get a shiitake mushroom that is as big as a portabella. And if you grill that, uh, and they do really well with, like, shiracha because they have, like, a, a sweetness to them. So you put some something kind of spicy on them, blacken them and grill them. They're just outstanding. Um, there's ch- chicken of the woods is a mushroom that tastes literally, it tastes like chicken breast. And it's just phenomenal. Uh, Maitake is another favorite of mine that is, in the wild, you can find specimens that are anywhere from 5 to 25 pounds. They're just giant, giant fungus that you can slice and do what, you can treat them like meat, basically. Um, I mean, there's about, in, in our location in the eastern United States, there are about 15 very reliable species that you can harvest in the wild that are exceptional edibles and are highly medicinal
0: laughs what? I Dude, I just love hearing you nerd out about <laughs> mushrooms. It's so, you're like a real... I feel so bad for these shiitake mushrooms in the grocery yeah, store that, yeah. are, that are like... I
1: feel bad for the people eating them.
0: I, well, maybe you're just... <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're like, oh, I got some shiitake. You're just like, such a mushroom elitist. I am. Oh, elitist. I I am, I am. Well, I'm not an elitist not because best. I want to spread this to everybody. I want sure. everybody to have this experience. This is not just for... You know, it's kind of interesting. J.K.N. Mushrooms. Mushrooms. Mushrooms have been, historically, have been preserved for the upper class. And what I would like to see is mushrooms available to the common man and woman. Uh, Even like this tattoo that I have here, the Caesar's mushrooms. (laughs) I
0: can reference the
1: tattoo on my leg. The the, the Caesar's amanita is named such because it was reserved for the Sars of the Roman Caesars. Um, And it's an exquisite edible. It's so delicious, and it's commonly available in the wild. Uh, But people are few and far between aware of it. So, you know, these are very potent medicinals. Uh, There is an enormous potential to alleviate the pressure on the industrial agricultural system uh, with these mushrooms. Many of them the vast majority of gourmet mushrooms are grown on agricultural waste. So you can take all the crap that's being thrown away and turn it into high-value, high-nutritional food, and the waste from that is high-value soil additives. So like mushrooms within, within the food cycle, saprophytic mushrooms or mushrooms that decompose cellulose are the key to a sustainable Agricultural um, and uh, agricultural food-based food system.
0: I like that you're you're like. Oh, I don't I don't eat these manure (laughs) mushrooms. (laughs) I like the landfill (laughs) (laughs) mushrooms. I I prefer. Bit of a snob. I prefer the complete garbage
1: dumpster mushrooms are just so much better. Uh, well, agricultural waste being like corn, corn waste, straw, right. you know those things, and you know it's not to completely knock manure. Mushrooms, cubensis, is grown on manure-based substrates for the most part, uh, but even even that mushroom within the within the complex of psychoactive mushrooms, the reason that cubensis is predominantly available in the United States is because when People from the U.S. went into Mesoamerica and began to seek out these psychedelic fungi. They gave the gringos the shit mushrooms and the psychedelic mushrooms that grow in wood mulch uh, or in um, um, like grassy areas, not manure-based substrate, but but are. Um, on decomposing grass materials, those were reserved for the healers or the shamans or whatever. So, yeah, we we did get the shit mushrooms. And Cubensis is not is not the premier psychedelic mushroom. Here you go,
0: stupid white people. Yeah, Here, yeah, here's yeah, these yeah. dumb yeah. mushrooms. Take the poop <laughs> shrooms. Yeah. The poop shrooms. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so there's all of these. So, I mean, this is just... It's funny because, as a comedian who goes around and does uh I mean I've been doing psychedelics for twenty one years i I'm a comedian who has a solo show about psychedelics. I'm making more solo shows and psychedelic events and everything else and uh and honestly, people ask me questions and expect me to be like super knowledgeable Sometimes, but it's one. It's infinite. The amount <clears> of <throat> knowledge to gain about just like everything else in life. Right. Everything is like very fractal-like in nature. But, but I also am. I like talking with you. We've gotten to know each other a little bit. But, you know, I'm kind of a skeptic, fuck, dickhead, and uh, and I intentionally kind of don't read about psychedelics because sometimes it just like. I'm like, ooh, I want to know about, uh, uh, you, you know, this... I I hear this person's great, and, I, and then, like, within two pages, I'm reading it, and all of a sudden, it's like, this God, this divine thing. And, mm. and it's not that I don't, like... A lot of times, it's just a way of articulating things that just turns me off. Not that it isn't valid or anything, and, and I also just don't want it to influence my perception, but the cost of that, and me being kind of close-minded, and kind of a dick about it, is that I really, I have a lot of experience, and I have very little, like, actual knowledge, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, I I, get, uh, like, I'm, you know, uh kind of mechanic that knows how, like, uh, this this'll do this to the brain and this this is good for this situation um i i but it's the difference between that and like an engineer that like knows exactly why something is acting on in this way and the math involved in putting this thing together and that is what i completely have i have zero knowledge about because i didn't even know until recently that there's just so many different species of psychedelic mushrooms can you talk a little bit about some of the different species and and even how much of a difference there might be in the experience see that to me is so hard too because and i'm putting you on the spot because that's there's individual differences Mm -hmm, abound and blah, blah blah but but explain just a little bit about some of maybe the some of the more common psychedelic mushrooms out there and And if there is a difference in experience for, say, like your average person, Mm -hmm. what that might be.
1: Yeah, there are over 200 species of psychoactive mushroom um, that possess psilocybin. Then you have the Amanita that are a whole different class altogether. Um, Psilocybe is the major genus containing psychoactive mushrooms. Uh, We are typically, as I said, consuming cubensis in the United States. Um, Cubensis historically, and, and, you know, I also am a skeptic, uh, but I also value traditional knowledge and think that there, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in there that we should pay attention to. Um, That being said, you know, it's also kind of like subjective experience. Cubensis traditionally is known as the worker's mushroom, um, it is believed that that mushroom is the one that you consume when you are looking for life direction. Um, and then there are uh, about five to seven others that are historically used by um, quote-unquote shamans, uh, which is a borrowed term from the Siberian mushroom consumers. Um, but in Mesoamerica, for instance, um, Salasby Mexicana, um Slospe Carylessons, or sorry, lessons, also known as the landslide mushroom. Uh, there is Simulensiata, which is a European species. Um, there are, uh, there's like, I don't know, there's, there's like five species within South America that right now I'm kind of blocking out because I'm thinking about different species. We've got cyanessens here in the Pacific Northwest, azorescens, again in Pacific Northwest, that don't have any historical record of use. Uh, there's a new species that is recognized in San Francisco uh, within the last few years. There's a that has been recognized in the Ohio River Valley uh, with, since 2007. Um, and there are different traditions of application for different mushrooms within the historical context. My belief is that each mushroom has a different level of uh, of active constituents. So we have um, alkaloids, primarily psilocybin and psilocin, that are active, but we also have um, biocysteine and I believe neurobiocysteine that's active uh, in these mushrooms. And the varying levels of each chemical can alter the qualitative value of the experience. Some of them are more visual than others, some of them are more of a body experience. Um, There's a lot of talk about, you know, within cubensis there are probably a hundred or so different strains, right, that have kind of come out of different locales or have been um, teased out to have different physiological characteristics. And some people will say that this mushroom has this body feel or this type of visual or this mental. Um, And the truth is that we haven't been able to study them and really know what is if there even if there is a truly predictable effect Uh, you know cannabis we can to greater extent we can discern uh, the experiential value of different strains uh, but with mushrooms they're not used enough, like on a regular basis, like cannabis is, for us to be able to say, okay, well, today I felt the same thing as I did. And then the set and setting that you're consuming the mushrooms in can be so variable. So, yeah, there's just there's just a whole lot going on, and we need more, um, you know, scientific approach to understand the effects of the different species.
0: And anecdotal and anecdotal, so step it up a little bit. Yeah, you out guys, there. what are you Come doing?
1: Come on. Yeah, I mean, people are eating mushrooms, like, once every six months. Like, I mean, that's cool, and I understand that it's a powerful experience, and, you know, I'm going to Jamaica once a month, and we're eating mushrooms. I'm eating mushrooms not every single time with the guests. Uh, it depends on the comfort level within the group and a lot of other factors, and I definitely understand that consuming, like, three doses of mushroom, three heavy doses of mushrooms in a month is significant, but I also, from my experience, no matter how many times that happens, it's always beneficial, you know so uh, we we have a tendency to just kind of like piddle around with mushrooms and not really approach them as a regimen, and I think that's where like the real payoff is well, I mean you can't go on like that forever i'm not saying that expect to live your life eating mushrooms three times a month every month unless i mean uh, i think that there's like phases
0: uh, like throughout it i think that i think that that seems a lot more reasonable when you have like a season like i i kind of wish this this was the case with like alcohol where i could just be like i'm going to drink alcohol regularly (laughs) for like three months and like get out of my head a little bit and have these social experiences and then turned off unfortunately alcohol is addictive and leads to all sorts of other issues and problems that psychedelics never seem to have for Mm -hmm. me but but i like you know i go on this tour about psychedelics. I'm in a new city every day well, I don't have time to back I, I don't have six hours to be mm. tripping and 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 really, I don't like need it at that time because I know what I'm doing this day. I know what I have to do, I have this direction and and i'm I'm just gonna go and I'm going to do the test that I have for me mushroom well psychedelics in general, where I really get the benefit is time like now you know we all have these things and I it, like it's just been wear, weighing on you like what what's going on with your job are you ready for a change are you 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 know your your relationship your family like you know, whatever it might be are you are you in a like kind of a funk right now we all get in these funks and we all I mean the worst of it is that we like get stuck in these really kind of negative destructive, patterns some of the patterns that we get ourselves i like great you know it's like hey i've been you know playing basketball each week with the, my friends or like you know doing this and that for exercise i've been on a i've been meditating every day or every other day these are these are also patterns and mm. and some of them can be a little toward the destructive side and and when you're feeling, or when you're just like a little bit uh, confused, when I'm like, what, what's, what's the way forward from here? I have some good ideas. I'm not quite sure how to execute them. I'm not sure I'm heading in the right direction. I have 20 different possible directions. Many of them seem exciting. What is worth putting my actual time into? That is when having like a regimented, like every few days doing for like two months or something like that, or a month. I honestly try not to go more than like two... Like, it's it's not even a... I don't have to like quit doing mushrooms. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of forcing myself to do Mm mushrooms. I Mm -hmm. mean, yeah, I go back and forth sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, gobble, gobble, gobble. Other times I'm like, no, Shane, it's mushroom time. You should do this. Um, But when it's over it's kind of over. I'm just like, I got what I wanted out of that. Um, and I think I'm just like kind of done with it for now. I don't think that I need a trip for some time. I think I need to like sit down and do my BS tasks that I now have to do because of all the fantastic ideas that I just came up with. Now I got to work on the execution of them. It's not that psychedelics can't maybe help you break down some of the barriers that you might have in your head whatever makes you like avoid responsibility and blah 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 but for me personally um it's it's not
1: that great in that department um so i don't think it's a one size fits all by any means right not at all and i don't think like no way that everybody should dose mushrooms once a week or once a month or every three days or every six months anything like that or other
0: times so time periods or nine months or nine and yeah, a half no, months. There's no, or, there's no, not even 12 and a half months. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. there
1: was a time when I became probably because of my Catholic upbringing that I initially was somewhat dogmatic, uh, with my mushroom experiences. And I think that that helped me understand that, uh, dogma has no place in the mushroom world really. Um, you know, I think it's something that like you
0: and I both, and maybe some people more so even. But I think that everyone within the psychedelic community needs to be a little mindful and be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's not mm-hmm. be too evangelical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not this isn't a magic bullet. This is a tool. There's right. limitations. It's not right for everybody. And I think that,
1: but there are some people, and I think that you and I are some of those people who are more inclined to more consistent psychedelic experiences Um, and my general feeling is not necessarily that the more means better but regularly returning to the experiences within the framework that suits your personality is highly beneficial so you know if every three months, like for for most people that are inclined towards psychedelics, I don't know. I feel like every three to six months is, you know, kind of like on the low end of the spectrum. You know, I mean, you look at the ayahuasca churches, and again, I refrain. I, I'm not. I'm not a cult leader, and I'm not trying to start a church. Um, but but it, if you were, if I were how was, could we join it? <laughs> um, you uh, would eat mushrooms sure. on your own. And have your own experience. Um, but no, when you look at the ayahuasca churches, they're doing this every week. And even within the traditional communities, ayahuasca is not you know, a once-a-year thing. It's not like, oh, I'm having a special time for ayahuasca. Like, this is a part of my life, and this is how I become a more aware, more connected person on a regular basis. I don't, I don't think that's for everybody, again. But I think there's a lot of value in that. And those times when I'm forcing myself to take mushrooms, those are some of the better experiences. Um,
0: I have a new... Pl- th- this is like an ideal world. This is what I'd want to... How many different species of psychoactive mushrooms? Roughly 200 right now. Yeah. Roughly 200. I think that once a week, I would be trying a different one. Species. Yeah, and that that... Because... Um, so I'm most experienced, I guess, with cubenzas just because. Um, not that I know, I'm not particularly knowledgeable. It's just that that's what's mm. most commonly available, and mm. I mean, they do have a look to them, and you know, mm. I've had other ones that look differently, and blah blah blah. But I had some recently, like these, like kind of wood grown, wood dwelling. What what, would you, what species is that? Like where?
1: Wood lovers uh well, there's several varieties there's the avoidiosis tidiata there's Cyanessens, there's azurescens. there's the i forget what it's like San francisco something what's it's a Latin term off of San Francisco, but I think I had sinyans
0: okay maybe and uh and i uh it was so chill and so it was. Like, I could eat more of them than, like, cubenzas are a little, like, wilder, and, like, close your eyes, and you can see some real intense stuff. Sometimes in a higher dose, eyes open, you're having some, especially at night. Day trips are always just a little more, like, clear, and your eyes can't play as many tricks on you, but, um, but these were, these were very, they weren't, were they physical? I I don't remember. i feeling that physical. I remember when I was a kid, um, and I do mushrooms. I remember I always <laughs> knew. Well, yeah, I mean, like sixteen or okay. yeah, seventeen. Or I was like nah, eight. Eight like, mushroom. But I still said I was like I was like more of a child <laughs> a when yes. I was seventeen years yes. old than I, I was when I was seven, as far as I'm concerned. Um, if we're judging it based on recklessness, but I remember I could always tell when it was going to. Uh, kick in because my testicles would start tingling whoa every every time i'd be like oh this is the weird i was like this is what was the tripping balls that must be coming from. like that's what i thought <laughs> yeah 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 i know it's weird but like it happened every time and but uh but but with some uh, mushroom there is like a very interesting like body right. tingling lightness these were more, and I even did, like, higher doses than I I have with Cubenzas, and these were much more, like, really deep philosophical conversations with, like, kind of a confident, my attention span wasn't necessarily, like, all there, and maybe I'd, like, forget what I was talking about here and there, which is not unusual for me, but, um, but, it was just, uh, you know, it was very, very different. It was like, this is like a very philosophical, mm-hmm. more than like a, more than like a shaking up of perception mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and and and. Uh, so, I mean, in an ideal world where you go to the store and you get, you know, whatever species of mushrooms you want and you mm-hmm. know what dose you're getting and it has, much like weed has the THC content and it has this mm-hmm. and this is how much CBD it is, sativa, mm-hmm. this is indica. In an ideal world, I think that I would do mushrooms probably once a week if it was a different species all the time. So I was kind of having a different experience all right, the time right. because I get a load of mushrooms doing for two months and I'm like, you know, I just got what I'm going to get. Out of that, there's like for now, yeah. It's kind of pointless for for now, and, and, right. you know. And then, and a lot of times, it's like in a good way. Like, hey, oh, yeah, I figured out what I need to figure out, mm-hmm. and you know, another six months from now, I'm gonna have a, another totally set yeah. of problems or opportunities or mm-hmm. you know whatever else and more things to work. It's on.
1: funny, really. Like with mushrooms, like you know, so just to say it, like when I when I was arrested and I, you know, couldn't do mushrooms um do you you want to tell your story yeah we can talk about that but um you know what i was saying what i was getting at is just that there was nine months that i didn't eat mushrooms but i still considered myself a mushroom eater you know so you don't have to eat mushrooms for like i don't know however long and you still like know that like i'm i'm a mushroom head you know whereas with alcohol people like don't drink for 6 months like oh, I quit drinking like I don't eat mushrooms for 6 months and it's like yeah, I'm just waiting for the right, I'm just waiting for the right time yeah, <laughs> yeah I haven't quit yeah just <laughs> just
0: cuz you're not getting laid doesn't mean you don't you're not a <laughs> sexual person uh, <laughs> um yeah I I uh it, is it worth I, I you brought it up people are going to be curious. Uh, let's just close it uh, because what happened to you
1: was pretty unfortunate and it's mm. like a well, it's kind the, of it's, a good it's, lesson. it's what started Michael Meditations, really, and it is a very valuable lesson. Um, you know, psychoactives are not without risks, um, and the risks are not the typical risks. There are, yeah, we know there's no like, prolonged uh, physiological uh, negative effects to eating mushrooms, but there are some very real risks. That I learned firsthand, and what I also found out is that what I experienced has also been experienced within the research world. And I was told by researchers that this is the dirty little secret that's not talked about within psychedelic therapy, and that is the flight risk. Uh, so yeah, we had a, had a person. I was I was doing uh, underground psilocybin work here in the U.S. Um, for some time, and I had an individual that came to me for a session. Uh, and in the midst of the session, I could tell that this person was struggling. They asked if they could go to their tent, which was about 20 feet away from the fire where we were. It was just a small group of four people. Uh, so I said, sure, sure, that's fine. Go to your tent and, um, I'll check on you in a few minutes. And the next thing I knew is taillights were blasting down my driveway. Um, we had the, this individual's keys and this person actually had a spare set of keys magnetized under the bumper of their car. Uh, and then they had a very minor wreck in a ditch, and uh, police came, ended up coming to my property, and uh, I was arrested and went through significant personal uh, and financial pain. But ultimately, that's what led me to bring Michael Meditations uh, into the public um, into public awareness. I was I was also doing the sessions in Jamaica, uh, just kind of as a word of mouth thing, but didn't really want to publicize it because I was also doing work here in the U.S. And after I was arrested and went through all the, um, you know, the things that go along with being arrested, then I, and I was no longer doing it here in the U.S., I could openly promote the work that we are doing in Jamaica without fear of repercussions. Um, So... The lesson being, uh, don't live in the US. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, the lesson being that you have got to really ensure people the safety of the experience and help them understand as much as you possibly can that the only The only risk is running from the experience. And that is in a physical sense and in a psychological sense. If you want to benefit from your psychedelic experience, just stay put, breathe through it, get through it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, I say this all of the time, every one of my shows, and somehow I forgot. Meditation, everybody. I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't, I I don't mean to, meditation isn't going to work for everybody. But if it doesn't work for you... My guess is you haven't given it given it a fair mm. shake. And when people that meditate regularly, they don't go doing shit like. I want to tell
1: you, we had this last retreat, we had um, we had an individual who was a participant in the Johns Hopkins study uh, with long term meditators mm. and psilocybin. Awesome. And this guy was a fucking trooper. He took, yeah. like, most he took was six grams, which I've seen people take up to 12. Um, but this guy took six grams and sat in lotus position for six hours. And when he came out, he said it was the single most powerful experience that he's ever had in his life. And I know that it was really? coupled with his meditation, his, his experiences with meditation, coupled with the psilocybin. And I could, I could see it. Like, I was watching him as he was tripping, and this guy was just traveling to realms. It was so powerful.
0: I mean, I, so a lot of a lot of people out there like mushrooms is probably the most common psychedelic that there is that that, that like everyone like tried mushrooms once in college or mm-hmm. something like that. Which fucking man, some, some that pains me too. It's that, also like, the most
1: misused, and that's another right. impetus behind my Meditations is that I want people, I want to help people understand more effective applications of psilocybin this is an
0: adult shit and I don't mean to be a snob about it is that look I took mushrooms when I was young and they were incredibly important for my formative years absolutely but I was also a reckless fucking idiot right. because I was a young male who wasn't getting laid and was angry about it and mad at my parents for you know bullshit and mm. and, uh, you know, and you know and that stuff comes out and you go you know, I was a crazy person I did mushrooms I did crazy shit sometimes mm. I did but, and so that's why I'm a little bit snobby and I'm like, you know, it's a, it's an adult thing. It works better when you have better impulse control, blah, blah, blah. And I do believe that, but I am also like go back and forth with like, you know, I mean, that's not the way we evolved. We evolved. You're doing this shit at puberty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know it's, that, it's the
1: context that we're doing it in. Right. You know, eating mushrooms and going out to a, a fucking field party, you know, with a bunch of people that you don't trust. Right. You're asking for trouble. Right. Or, you know. So we we have seen nothing but wonderful experiences thus far in Jamaica. We spend a lot of time really helping people understand the safety of the mushrooms.
0: Well no, what do you get like what are who who are the people because our retreat's gonna be the the one that I'm going to be participating in, it's not that it'll be that drastically different than your usual one, but we're aiming for we're hoping for a kind of a specific kind of clientele. We're we're aiming for more like You know, like, here we are, podcast listeners. We're aiming for people that are, like, really, you know, thoughtful, inquisitive, you know, interested in, like, taking it as, like, a research kind of scientific. Because I can sit and tell you guys all day about mushrooms, and that's my one perspective. We need more thoughtful—that's why I hate about, like, the idea of a guide or, like, a shaman that's like, this is— uh this is i i know the truth and this is the best way to do th- like we need a lot more data and we need interesting thoughtful like psycho not kind of that's what this retreats for because your past ones are and and by the way that's not to be a snob and if you've never done mushrooms before you're not gonna be exib. we're not gonna like no yeah please come we're not gonna turn anyone away absolutely not like if you're open enough and you're a listener of this podcast you probably you know you're cool but uh but we're ideally hoping for some people that like can really mm-hmm. let's sit around a campfire, eat some mushrooms, get down to the nitty-gritty, really, dig like, in, really um, get in yeah. there and go fucking go for it. Uh, that's what I that's what I'm hoping to get out of it. Mm. Um, but but a lot of times you're getting people from all over the spectrum of use and age and Mm -hmm. occupations and Mm -hmm. education and everything absolutely but what what, uh like if there's a common or like some um do you have like some stories of some people that are maybe just like the the meditation Mm long-term meditator guy do you have like a few more things like that were or maybe like someone that was their first time and they had kind of Mm -hmm. a profound change a yeah few more
1: like uh... yeah. um and they've ch- they've changed me it's been it's been such a privilege to see the people that have come through uh, our retreats we've we've worked with several um stage four cancer patients um who have come to psilocybin through reading about the research and, you know and cancer anxiety uh, and the vast majority of those individuals have done a complete 180 as far as their outlook on their, you know, remaining time that they have here. Um, Gone from severe depression, not able to get out of the bed and take care of their animals, um, to like being passionate about various things, you know, finding passion again in life. Um, We've had individuals who are unlearning helplessness
0: everybody is something yeah. that we try to sneak into this podcast as as much as i can i don't always phrase it like that but
1: it's been a goal from the very beginning no, no i appreciate um you conveying that message because it's so important to realize that we are ultimately in control of our mind state if nothing else you know um, I mean,
0: some of that's kind of bullshit too. Sometimes honestly, we need, sometimes we need but, a push.
1: We need a push. We need a push. and there are chemicals is, and ways yeah, that we yeah. can augment that. And I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not saying that like you know depression is like your own fucking fault. I'm not saying that at all. No, it's just you know? in your mind. No, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, yeah, not yeah, yeah. Know, know. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. But we have the ability to take action within our own lives learn
0: to maybe accept some of the shit, maybe learn to reframe it. Doesn't mean that there's still not a bunch of bullshit. Right, right. Life's life. fucking hard, man. Like, you but. know, just
1: like we were talking earlier, like shit, horrible things happen. And there's a reason for sadness. And that's some of the, some of the experience in psychedelics is you ex- can experience profound sadness and that's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay mm-hmm. to be happy. It's okay to have the spectrum of emotions. And that's, you know, that's what we are. We're, we're emotional creatures. Um but yeah we've had people who we've had young adults who have been um you know confined to their the societal expectations and have within ten days have had a profound change and been able to like find themselves and feel confident in themselves and approach life in a different way. Uh we've had middle aged people who have, you know, been in habitual patterns. We had one guy who uh he was like he was a really severe nail biter like he bit his nails down to the point where he had to have surgery um yeah it, was, yeah it was bad yeah it that's was bad.
0: such a fucking weird con- oh, yeah, right. i
1: hate when i see people like that they yeah. have
0: these weird fucking uh, yeah
1: like, but it's oh, you know no. it's a it's a symptom of some yeah, other yeah, internal yeah, yeah, imbalance yeah, and after he messaged me a month afterwards and he said he just wanted to let me know that he had not bit his nails <laughs> since the retreat <laughs> it
0: sounds but so that so felt it silly, felt but so good honestly,
1: if you know anyone that does, it's.
0: Everyone's seen this fucking person. What a what a burden, you know? Jesus, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really significant to
1: hear to hear people and to see these changes in people. Like it's it's so rewarding, Um, and I I know that the work we're doing has enormous purpose. So yeah, we've we've had people that have had you know lots of mushroom experiences, and people have had zero mushroom experiences, and everybody has said that. Coming down and being in this environment where they put everything else aside, they don't have any other focus other than it's like trying to relax, enjoy themselves, meet new people, and experience mushrooms in a more profound setting has had a positive impact.
0: Eric, do you ever wonder that? You and I are just turning into the dirtiest fucking
1: hippies imaginable. Well, sitting in the Airstream with the, t- <laughs> the like... toilet next to the sink, I'm starting to wonder. You're talking about mushrooms, and
0: everyone's going to love one another, and the world's going
1: to be a better place. Man, I, I really do struggle with the whole, like, try, hey, trying I know, to find the go balance. go back and forth, yeah. you know?
0: That, yeah. Yeah, I mean, balance is really important. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and
1: then, man, you see some weird shit come out on mushroom trips that, like, You know, it's like it's it's very difficult to say that this is not some like weird ancestral baggage or something. Yeah, it's really fucking hard. And
0: why? And like maybe that's like maybe there's like this natural resistance to this like hippie fucking. But one, there's a cost involved. Of uh, of like all this like free love talk everyone mm-hmm. love everyone ever ever have as you can be taken advantage of yeah. you can be overly gullible but there are costs right. involved and so we have definitely right. evolved it but we also live in a fucking safer world than we grew up in mm-hmm. and but it is strange like the resistance to it that like is in your head where we're like sometimes the people that are suffering the most have the hardest time admitting that to themselves mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. toughing it out and not not that everyone needs to be fucking crying about their problems all the time and you gotta go to therapy right. four times a day no but but i do feel like there is seeming that there is this natural kind of reset i don't know if it's because of isolation that like i mean we evolved to be like Maybe we wouldn't need any mushrooms or anything like that if we were all just chilling around a campfire in a small group with our friends, like, chatting about life, and, like, you can only talk about the weather so much because because you're hanging out with these people so long that you got to think of other shit to think about, and then it gets deeper and deeper, and then you start exploring more because you have to, because you don't have TV, you don't have all these distractions, mm. and maybe that's something that, that we're missing, uh, but maybe I'm totally full of shit, you know, like, it's really tough to say, but I do think that, uh, I, I do think that psychedelics seem to be a way to harness this expedited kind of process of however we naturally have evolved to just, like, Take perspective once in a while and and look at things and reframe things. Mm-hmm. and Sit back and uh, meditate or whatever. I it's like I don't think people had to meditate. You well, know, so that, you know the whole
1: scientific now. explanation of the limited blood flow blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, yeah. right? And that is we know that's limiting our filtering ability, right? right? So more information is becoming available to us in the psychedelic experience. So that is a way for us to understand that these experiences do, ironically, expand our perception by limiting our brain functionality in a certain way. So I tend to feel like um, that our intuition has much more to teach us than we give it credit for. And that is one of the main lessons that I learn from the psychedelic experience. The other one that I get out of psychedelics is that I don't fucking know.
0: No, I mean, even I as know. I'm saying that, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of I don't, even, yeah, I'm, is I'm, about I'm, not trusting your yeah. some of your instincts, sometimes, and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, so, so as we're wrapping up here... Um, People people want to find out more. One, um, I believe, if, if they if uh, if a listener, um, if one of my favorites out there, if they mention me or this podcast, they get a little bit of a discount on
1: mm, yeah, a hundred dollars off, um, which is. Not a lot, but we're running on pretty thin margin as it is with these retreats. Just trying to get them out there to the people, and I don't want to be.
0: It might sound kind of expensive, three thousand dollars, but if you got all, it's you're you're talking an all-inclusive package, ten days. And you're expensive. I got to pay your
1: ass to get down there. I know. I'm I'm
0: like, I'm such a wealthy. (laughs) I, I I stay in the finest. Thirty-year-old airstream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm really high, man. No, it's 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 funny though. Like people come to Jamaica and they're like, "How that? What? Like the they cost this much? Like Jamaica is not a cheap place to live." You know, yeah. so services there are you know they're costly or whatever, um, and and
0: maybe that sounds like too much, and may or maybe maybe you're like wanting to do one of the other retreats for mm-hmm. other because talk about maybe some of the other kinds of retreats
1: that you yeah have, our standard retreats are like family ones cheaper um, they're more they're not theme oriented typically we just finished up with a family retreat, which was really awesome to see these families down there working with psychedelics with psilocybin and working through their, like their own shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we saw that we saw a married couple that like they've been contemplating divorce and they really like, and they didn't come to an absolute decision, but they came to a much better understanding of where they were in their relationship. We saw brothers and sisters coming down who like, Um, you know, rebuilt bonds that they had lost. We saw um, mother, father, and child coming down and working through, you know, issues together. Uh, But then, you know, our general retreats are not theme-oriented, are simply geared towards personal progress. Uh, And like I said, we've got people from all walks of life with depression, anxiety, uh, PTSD that are coming down. And, uh, really seeing some benefit and those are a little more affordable. They start around, you know, like we've got three different levels of accommodations where you can camp, uh, with, we would provide the tent or you can have like an Airbnb style thing, or you can have like full on air conditioning with pool and all that. So I'm trying to make it accessible to as many people as possible by no means trying to get rich off of this. Just, you know, I just want to be able to help people gain access to this medicine and, be able to compile data from the experiences and to funnel that into the science and legal system here in the united states so we can change these
0: ridiculous laws one day mm. well um thank you very much and everyone please go to mycomeditations.com meditations.com and you know the look you're you're like that's a I don't want to do that. I'm gonna maybe some of you are like I'm just gonna eat. I go out pick pick my own mushrooms. I don't need to spend whatever. You can still find resources for more information and check out the site and learn more without necessarily going to this retreat that you can't afford. It's still just you know support the cause. It's a what a cool thing to do and and you know. Spread the word to if it, if you're like no nah, that's not my thing, maybe know someone who it is their thing and have them and share this podcast with them so they can hear it and check it out mm-hmm. because I do believe that this is uh, something that maybe isn't for everybody but I think that a lot of people would benefit. I'm I I don't know if I'm gonna bring my. My mom down, oh, she is. <laughs> it's just like we heard a bunch of weirdos down here and it's, it's well, nice. No, so like crazy. everyone's though. nice, We're you know, having, it's just, like, but I don't know about all these drugs and
1: people that are so straight edge coming down, like I know. Uh, you know, like typical Christians coming down. It's like it's really amazing and that's what I, I love. Like we record podcasts down there and it's like these are everyday people that are using psilocybin and are having great benefit from it. So and it's all part of contributing to a larger ethnomycological catalog of experience you know it's this project is way bigger than the project itself way way bigger than the project itself so yeah anybody that wants to come down uh, or just you know is message, a project it's, inside project inside project. Indeed, everybody indeed
0: so, can, I hit, can I plug
1: Pledge real quick as well? Because that's another way if people oh, Yeah, can't...
0: but would you mind if I just make a few more sound effects really quick? Can you get some like,
1: high pitch stuff in there too?
0: <laughs> wow, this is weird. It's just like they're all making weird noises with their mouths. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just a bunch of weirdos. And they're wearing all these weird colors. And I don't understand any of it. It's like they're all dirty and they're not showering. And... <laughs> Yeah, what
1: else did you want to plug? No, just the Pledge in there. Pledge is the nonprofit that I uh, formed psychedelic liberation, education, discipline, and guidance. And the ambition for Pledge is to raise money to send. Uh, we have three groups that we're working with. Addicts that we want to send to Jamaica to work with treatment. And we've got an addiction therapist on the island that we're working with down there. She's worked with MAPS. Uh, she now lives in Jamaica. Um, we are working with Inner city victims of PTSD. We'd like to send some of these um, men, young men and women, down. Inner city individuals are four times more likely to suffer from PTSD even than soldiers from the battlefield, uh, and that is a group that we can work with without having to, you know, hide them from uh, from their uh, military background because they'll lose their pension. Uh, and then we're also working with uh, transgender um, therapy people who are trying to. Are in the process of transitioning and they would like to use psychedelics to assist in that process. Uh, So it's wonderful. It's, it's,
0: we're all transitioning in one way or another. (laughs) And some of us going through way more intense shit than others. So it's pretty cool that you're guiding people through that. And like I said, transitional time. Like, honestly, if you ask me, you're like, oh, I'm on top of my game. I'm getting all the promotions and I just want to kick it up a notch. Maybe psychedelics would do that for you. But for me personally, it's like, hey, I'm like not good or bad. I'm just like kind of in a funk or looking for a change. I'm analyzing these things. I'm trying to figure out like my next way forward. They Even if things are great, like, do I pick between this great job or this other great job? Mm. That is when psychedelics like really give you this boost and sorting mm. stuff out. If you ask me, so check that out, everybody. Um, Eric Osborne, everybody, thank you for joining me, Eric. You, I'm looking forward to this retreat, and oh, it's gonna be a real good. It's gonna be a fun time down there. Thanks. Uh, thank you all for listening to the podcast. You are wonderful, smart, intelligent, inquisitive, curious little apes, and I enjoy talking to you each and every week. Talk to you again soon. So, guys, if you're interested, I hope uh, I hope some of you can come and join me in Jamaica. I think psilocybin mushrooms. I think this retreat. I know Eric well. I think this is something that is. Uh, in in this in this kind of environment, I think this is a really, really safe kind of environment. But I, I I'm not ap- apprehensive, really about uh. Not, I mean, I do take psychedelics seriously and everything, but hey, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of danger in the world, and I think that this is uh not one of those <laughs> dangerous things. If you ask me, I I have no problem recommending this. Two people. Um, I will say the uh, Iboga Retreat that I've that I've plugged before, and in case some of you you're like, "Oh, it's too last minute," um, but I'm interested. There are some other ones coming up, and you can still get the discount. Of uh, depends on the retreat, but I think is going to be at least two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, and just by mentioning me in the podcast and that is psychedelicjourneys.com you can find out more and you can write them and ask them they have more stuff that isn't on the site um with with uh if you like join their email list you can get there's there's like uh workshops and seminars in the u.s and things like that that they that they do as well but as far as the iboga in costa rica uh i think the next one is coming up september 22nd there's a uh, there's a uh, 5 MEO DMT um September 15th um in uh in Mexico I believe and so um if that's that is it really is that is serious stuff Iboga is a really some people are like why would you even Point people in that direction and recommend that. And then some people are like, it's the most powerful medicine. It changed my life. It's the most important thing that I've ever done. So do your own research. I leave that up to you guys. It's not my role. I think it's, uh, I think that's kind of rather silly. I think people should be given all of the options and you guys should do your own research. I want to partake in it myself. Now I'm a bit of an adventurer, a bit of an adrenaline junkie. But I also am someone who is very interested in um, gaining the therapeutic benefits from some of these things. And I've heard enough for me personally to convince me that this could potentially be a really, really beneficial, incredible thing. And these people are um, you can't just willy nilly go anywhere and do this stuff with anybody. These are uh, these are these people are legit. and They know what you're doing. If you're gonna do it, um, I'd say do it with them. There might be other people out there that are better, but i I've, I've checked around. They have been vetted by a lot of legit uh, people, and so yeah, maybe join their mailing list, and you can. Maybe find some stuff in the u s that you know isn't such commitment and isn't so intense, where you can just go and hear about this stuff and maybe talk with some people that sort of thing. you might be able to connect with some emails and uh, I'm sure they'll answer any questions for you. Trisha, um, who you can email is just one of the sweetest uh sweetest people ever and so um check it out if you want. I hope you enjoyed this very psychedelic heavy episode. Lots going on in this episode in psychedelic excitement. So, uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Those of you who listen all the way to the end, you are, of course, my favorites.
1: Let's say uh, Seinfeld was on an island and he was blowing Boris Karloff. What would I, what would that be like?
0: <laughs> it might go something like this.
1: Oh, Mister Kauf, I loved you and Frankenstein, and I love giving you a blow
0: jump. Why, Mister Sarnfeld? I'd love having you.